Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week, I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Ainsley Logan-Smith about her Wishes Collection event at the Yacht Club Gazebo and the Attic. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she planned everything from the UK and how everything turned out. Welcome, Ainsley. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I'd love to start and find out how you guys decided you wanted to get married all the way across the pond at Disney and how you wanted to have a Wishes event. We got engaged in Florida on our first trip in 2014. We got engaged uh, outside of Disney. We got engaged on the beach in Clearwater, which was magical. Oh. But we came back and I started planning a wedding and it all became so overwhelming. You talk to all these hotels and you try and get everything sorted. And then you realize, oh, if I want to go to this hotel, I need this caterer and this and this. And it, I was just getting to the point where I was like, I, I don't want to deal with all of this stuff. And I started doing some research about what Disney could offer. And I found that they handle everything. And a one-stop shop seemed like a much better option. <laughs> I wanted to keep the numbers quite small. So it was good on that front too. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Because when you're doing a destination wedding, you'll have fewer yes RSVPs. Yes. Okay. How did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? Uh, it was quite mixed. <laughs> <laughs> We had a lot of them. It took a little while for them to get on board. They're like, uh, uh why? <laughs> <laughs> Our families are the most supportive. They're like, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's great. We'll be there. Ah. Does your family have a history of going over to Walt Disney World or is it really just something that you guys as a couple do? No, my grandparents used to live in the States and uh, we used to come visit them. So we went to Disney when we were quite young, but I hadn't been back for about 15 years. Wow. Between then and going back in 2014. So yeah. And how many guests did you invite and how many ended up making the trip? We invited about 25 and we had about 19 come in the end. Interesting. So did you ever consider doing an escape event or did you just know from the start you wanted to do wishes? I really wanted a wishes event. I was actually concerned about getting the numbers. 
it turned out fine, just. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, how did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? We chose the Yacht Club Gazebo because we, it was, it's quite secluded. It's, it doesn't shout big wedding. And we wanted the whole wedding to be quite low key. So it was secluded and it didn't feel very churchy. <laughs> we wanted something that didn't feel churchy. So we liked it from that. Interesting. Is it true that in Great Britain, you have to get married in a church? You don't have to get married in a church, but if you don't get married in a church, you can get married in a registry office or a hotel, but you have to go through the council every single time you do it, and you have to jump through a lot of hoops to get everything signed off. Interesting. Okay. And then how did you choose the attic for your reception venue? It was just so beautiful. <laughs> I saw pictures from your book and online, and I was just like, this place is perfect. It's amazing. The hotel we were looking at getting married here had the same kind of feel. It just reminded me of that. I was like, this place is perfect and it doesn't need much decoration and it's nice and close. And the whole boardwalk area is really, I think it was a really nice place to take a lot of people who'd never been before. That's great. Yeah. Did you guys walk between the ceremony and the reception? Yes. Okay. Yeah. People didn't react too well when I told them they had to walk in all their shoes. Oh. <laughs> They're like, how far is it? I'm like, it's 10 minutes. <laughs> Not including that corridor. Uh, next time, maybe a boat. <laughs> Now, did you guys add a dessert party? We didn't. It was the best decision we ever made. That's great. Which location did you choose for that? We originally wanted UK Lockside, but it was booked. So we, our next option was Rue de Paris, I think. We actually got upgraded in the end. They called me like two weeks before going, oh, we've got a bigger space in France lower, if you'd like it. I was like, uh, yes, please. Great. <laughs> that's where we ended up. And it was perfect, down on the water. That's great. Yeah, that's a beautiful location. Did you guys have a theme for your wedding? No, there was no real theme. We kind of thought the, the, the venues really spoke for themselves and we didn't really need an ongoing theme. That's cool. Yeah, especially the attic where there's so much decor. Like you said, you don't need to add floral and, yeah. you know, there are tons of colors to pull from. So, Yeah, my colors were white and navy, so it was really kind of pared down and I wanted things to look really clean and simple. That's great, yeah. Can you give my listeners an overview of like a timeline of how the day ran? Sure. So I got up at about 8 a.m. I think. And then hair and makeup came pretty soon after that to do my hair, my mom's and my sister's and my makeup. And it was the calmest morning I've ever had. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was just so fluid. And I think we left the room about 11 for the ceremony at 12 o'clock. We were staying in the beach club, so we walked all the way over to the yacht club, which... I didn't really think about how long that walk was going to be. Oh. <laughs> but it turned out fine. And then the ceremony was at 12 to about 12.30. And then we hung around and took some more pictures in the ceremony location with our family and like our group shots. And then we just stayed by ourselves and took maybe half an hour's more worth of photos there. And then we moved on to the attic for the reception. And we served lunch and kind of it was, it was quite a low-key reception. I didn't want any big kind of entertainment or I just kind of wanted it so that we could all be together and have a chat, basically, and a mingle. We left the attic about 3 o'clock, I think, and our dessert party wasn't until 8 p.m. that evening. So we had quite a long time in the middle of our day. I kind of directed everyone towards the, the bar area at the boardwalk. Right. Just like, let's, make, let's just hang around here. <laughs> let's make this our base. And then um, we had a couple of young kids in the party, so their families kind of took them around the boardwalk and had a looked at the sights and stuff. I went back to lie down for 20 minutes because I couldn't sit down in my dress. 
Um, so it was just like a relaxing time between the end of the reception and the beginning of the dessert party. We split into two and half of our party took a boat over to Epcot for the dessert party and we walked with the rest of them. I think we made it about the same time, which was quite interesting. Ah. And then our dessert party ran from eight till I think fireworks were at nine thirty. So it ran all of that time. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. When you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you maybe splurged or you focused your budget on your attention? Food was a big thing for us. We wanted the food to be really, really tasty. So we're bringing these people all this way. We want to give them a show, some really good food. And that was probably the most important aspect was being able to give our guests an experience that they couldn't get anywhere else and definitely not in the UK. Do you have any menu recommendations? Oh, everything we tried was amazing. I'm trying to remember exactly what we had now. <laughs> Nothing specific, I don't think. Anything on your dessert party that was a standout you'd recommend? We had a nacho bar at the dessert party. Ah. And my husband actually was like, but we don't really, like, people aren't going to eat nachos. It'll be fine. And we got to the dessert party and everyone was just like, that's such a good call. And the nachos were gone within about half an hour. That's so funny. I just did an event with a nacho bar, and it was like the one thing everybody's still talking about is the nacho bar. That's exactly it. People are going crazy. They're like, that was such a brilliant idea to serve nachos at your wedding. <laughs> they, for some reason, Epcot can do a mean nacho bar. They were great. It's, I, t- I spent so much time mingling, mingling with all our guests. I, I, it was mostly gone by the time I got to them. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Now, were there any aspects that you were less interested in where you saved money or you just didn't spend a lot of time? Yeah, we, um, because we were planning for such a long time, the time of, and because everyone was traveling, everyone came from the UK. We weren't really bothered about the time of year we got married or the day of the week. So we managed to save some money doing it that way by doing mini wishes so that we could have it in the middle of the week and have a low guest count. And we did it off season in December. So traveling was nice and cheap and all the hotels were not too expensive. That's a good point. So for my listeners who are not familiar with this, uh, Disney offers a discount on the wishes collection, which we colloquially refer to as mini wishes, if you hold it during the low season and on certain days of the week, and if you do a brunch or a lunch. So when you guys started out planning, did you know going into it that that's what you wanted to do? Or did your planner tell you, hey, you can save a bunch of money if you switch to this day? Or they bought out a lot. I'm a big planner. I have spreadsheets for everything. <laughs> so I'd, I'd basically estimated everything before we could even talk to somebody at Disney about the wedding. So I'd estimated a full wishes event and we were going to start later in the day and have it run straight into the dessert party. So we didn't have that break. But then mini wishes came out about maybe a month before I was about to talk to a consultant. And I was like, well, this, this will save us a decent amount of money if we just move it to a, I think it was... We'd actually planned on a Wednesday and we got to move it to a Thursday, which is odd. But yeah, <laughs> but we knew by moving it earlier for lunch and not having dinner, we could save ourselves a decent amount of money and give our guests a better experience than with the money we did save. That's great. So with the Wishes Catered Event experience, you only have to meet a $3,000 enhancement minimum. What kinds of things did you guys add to your event to meet that minimum? Yeah, we actually struggled to meet our minimums quite a lot. I had to add a lot of floral. So mm. I think I was being quite frugal. <laughs> um, we upgraded our music at the ceremony site. So we had a keyboard player instead of the included violin or guitar. Ah. So that was, um, I'd never seen it done before. And I really wanted a piano, but I didn't want one of the venues that you could have a piano in. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, oh, no, a keyboard would work. And actually, it sounded amazing. I was really impressed with it. That's great. And then what did you do for music at the reception? We had the keyboard player there as well. Oh, right, because he can carry over. Okay. Yeah, so we just had him carry on. It was, it was great. So that was part of the enhance. I think a lot of the other stuff was just on a lot of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I have one standout memory of the day, apart from actually getting married. Right. There was a moment right before I was about to walk down the aisle. So we'd come out the side door and we walked along the boardwalk a bit with my dad and the music kind of swelled and all of our guests turned around and it was, I got this sheer moment of happiness. Like this, this is my wedding day. This is amazing. And it's a memory that will stick with me forever. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? We didn't really have anything go wrong. There was a couple of things. My shoes broke. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the heels on my shoes broke. So I took one step off the steps out the door and my heel went straight through the slats in the boardwalk <gasps> before I'd walked down the aisle. But it was only the very end of the, my shoe. I could feel it breaking more and more as I was walking down the aisle. But it wasn't... I just took them off straight after the ceremony and it was completely fine. <sighs> that was the only kind of thing that could have gone wrong. So Wow, that's great. Yeah, nothing major. Or if it did, I didn't know about it. Even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal when you were planning and then turned out not to be? I think we, the gap between the end of the reception and the beginning of the dessert party, we're like, oh, it's a good couple of hours. How are we really going to entertain people? Are we going to give them enough to do? But it all turned out completely fine and everyone was entirely happy to just sit down and have a couple of drinks together. So that was completely fine. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now, besides different shoes? <laughs> I'm not actually sure there is. I really enjoyed the day, the way it ran and how things went completely. I feel like my decisions are all quite well informed and I've done a lot of research going into all of them. So I'm really pleased how everything went. And how did you do that research beforehand? A lot of your book and a lot of your website. Oh, great. Yeah, they were the most helpful tools I could really get because they give you access to all the information far beyond or before Disney would ever talk to anyone. Right. And then working with Disney with the time difference, was it mostly through email? Did you ever feel frustrated that it was, you know, you were so far away or was it not really an issue? It was never an issue. I don't actually, I never, I spoke to them on the phone maybe once or twice, but emails were fine. I, they, usually they'd email me and then I'd respond and then they'd email me back the next morning. So I never really felt like I was waiting for a response because I'd just email them back during the day and then wait till the next day and it would just come through. So they were really prompt answering all my queries, all my questions. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I think my only advice would be really trust Disney's experience. They, they gave me such an amazing event and there was things that they put into my day which I wouldn't have planned myself. So like um, we had a Carousel of Progress themed cake. Ah. I loved that cake. And um, when we were about to cut it, they started playing There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow on the music. And like, I would never have thought to put that together. So, and it was like a lovely surprise. Huh. Yeah. That's wonderful. So I really, yeah, their experience was to trust them, but make sure you ask for what you want. <laughs> <laughs> also good advice. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I was just speaking with a bride who was saying, you know, when she asked for things that they hadn't volunteered, they always said yes, but they never had mentioned them to her and she only knew about them from talking to other brides and the message boards in my book. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the same thing. I think I, I often went into conversations and they're like, oh, so what are you thinking about flowers? I'm like, I want this. <laughs> and they're like, okay, that's great. We can do that. Oh, that's great.
Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? There isn't, but I will send you through some pictures. Okay, great. And I'll put them in a slideshow in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Great. Well, Ainsley, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really helpful for anyone planning, especially planning from the UK, but anyone interested in a Wishes Catered event experience. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.